Oh, hey, earlier, just one one quick note. We're talking about how uh, Governor Gavin Newsom of California probably had uh, rich parents, uh, relatives, friends get him into the college he went to. Because he was allegedly on a baseball scholarship, but he never appeared on any roster. So it's exactly how these things work. He was staked in his first business in his early 20s by his good friends and, and relatives, the Getty family. Not the Joe Getty family, but the like the Getty Museum, the Getty Oil Company, etc. He was crazy hooked up. He's obviously a Lori Laughlin student. Can he square the Lori Laughlin? Uh, no, he doesn't even know what that means. So this is what you do if you're ever around Gavin Newsom forever, yes. and we'll, we'll probably be in some event where he yes. is. Got to have a baseball with you all the time. Yeah, just fire it at him. Just, yeah, throw it at him really fast and see how he reacts. If he goes, ah! like that, <laughs> then you know. He wasn't a college baseball it's player. proof. <laughs> he picks it up and whirls it right there. Okay. They fo- photoshopped his head on the body of some promising high school pitcher, please. <laughs> oh, boy. Scandal. Far-right fears I see up on Good Morning America. Concern about groups mobilizing as the election approaches. I don't get... I need to do more reading about this. I don't get the 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 constant theme of... The, the biggest thing we have to fear is far-right groups, white supremacists. How, how is that possible when on the streets currently you have far-left groups smashing up windows and burning things down? On a daily basis. On a, this is already happening. Right. Your, your big concern is about what... A white supremacist might do as the election gets problem. You got people on the left currently smashing stuff up. So I don't, I don't quite understand that story. And I have hey, to look here's, into that more. Here's a crazy idea. How about if anybody is plotting or executing criminality, you round them up and arrest them, no matter what their label left, is, right, center, whatever. Yeah. For the love of heaven, can we approach these things like adults rationally this, and not be divided into our camps? That's a transition. That was a good transition. Thank you. Uh, the book out called Divided We Fall by a conservative intellectual uh, called David French, who we've had on the air before, and we're hoping to interview him for our uh, Extra Large podcast. If we tell him we're interviewing him, we'll interview him. Um, and it's getting a lot of attention for a particular um, uh, fantasy chapter or two he writes about the country actually splitting up. Uh, secession happening, a, a a Cal exit or a Texit to kick it all off. Mm. States um, uh, deciding they want to get out of the union, and, and and he doesn't think like we're on the verge of this happening. But he explains how it could happen and how the 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 kindling is here for that sort of fire to get started. And I think he's absolutely true about that. I could see a Wyoxit or an Idahoxit. Um. <clears throat> I'll jump to this part. Uh, he's being interviewed on the book and on whether or not we could come apart. And uh, part of the argument is you do away with the filibuster for the Senate, so you don't need minority buy-in. You just need you know, 50% to get laws passed. Then you pack the Supreme Court, and you have enough justices to uphold any law that gets challenged anyway. And you have depending on which direction it goes, either a Texas or a California say, that's not my president. Those aren't my laws. That's right. not my Supreme Court. We're not abiding by this. And I thank you for mentioning the uh, filibuster briefly, because that is thrown around by the Beltway crowd all the time, assuming that everybody knows, A, what it means, and B, its significance. Ten seconds. Here's how you understand it. In the Senate, a certain number of the other party, usually, 
have to go along and say, yeah, okay, that's reasonable enough. That's why the Senate is so important. This would eliminate that. You have 51 votes. You can do anything you want, even if the other side is screaming, this is anathema, we won't put up with it's, it. And it's just the House at that point. Right. It's just a smaller a House collection of, of jackasses. Uh, the reason that the, the U.S. Senate has been called the world's greatest deliberative body forever is because nobody else allows that level of minority buy-in where you have to have enough people who don't agree with you come to your side before you'll come up with a compromise that passes. And you Nobody a... does that. It's the the whole the whole world has been built on power politics, majority mm-hmm. rule, either with my fist or my sword or we just have more votes than you. Right. So we're going to do it. Which is one of the main reasons we're a great superpower. And very serious people come to the very serious people on the other side and say, "Okay, we understand you can't put up with this as it is. What do you need? What would you like to see?" And they get together and they talk about it like adults. That will be gone. And it'd be difficult for a state to secede. I mean, to legally secede without a war, they would need buy-in from other states. But we're becoming so divided. You're going to tell me that there's not a big chunk of the country that would say, California wants out, where do I sign? Sure. Or a big chunk of the country that wouldn't say, Texas wants out, where do I sign? Or, and I don't know what David French has to say about this. I'm fascinated by the idea of it. But if some of the states I, I mentioned, Idaho, Montana, which is a little more purpley, but um, uh, Wyoming, um, duh, Utah, and a couple others, your, your square state region, say to hell with this. We're not paying federal taxes anymore. We're not part of your system. We're not going to hurt anybody. We're not going to do anything. But we're also telling all of our citizens, stop paying your taxes. What happens then? I don't know. Do they send in the Marines? And part of it is uh, you hear about how polarized we are, all are, uh, and we are. But how geographically polarized we are, even compared to a couple of decades ago, David French writes, most Americans live in a state that's either solidly Republican or solidly Democratic. And it's not just the states that are unified around a single political party. Consider the growth of so-called landslide counties, a county that one party or the other wins by at least 20 points. In 1992, it was in the 30% of counties that had that. In 2016, it was a record 60%, and they expect it to be more this year. So say it's up around 70% of counties are landslide counties. That's a different situation than when that is a rarity. Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. So you've got that. And then getting and, toward... And I would point out that people who live in those counties are probably surrounded by people who think the same as they do and have become, become convinced that anybody who thinks differently is a dangerous maniac. Right. I, I, I live in a county that is uh, one direction that way. My brother lives in a county that's an, the other direction that way, in which both sides would be fine to say, you want to leave the country? Go ahead. I, I'm, you know, where do I sign up? I'll help you move. Mm-hmm. Each of these counties would say to the other county as far as leaving the United States. Yeah. So the idea that nobody before a secession seems crazy to me. Anyway, I'll, I'll read this at the end. Um, what David French writes. My argument is that it's a historical nonsense that there is nothing so unique about the United States of America that you can't push people to want to leave this place to dissolve it. In fact, we're born into dissolution. We were born into separation. The majority and the more powerful, more wealthy side of the British Empire pushed the colonists. The colonists were smaller and less powerful, but they said, we're going to risk conflict with a world superpower to get out of this. And they did it for good reasons, for individual liberty. In 1861, the South did it for evil reasons. 
I just think we don't have a better human nature than we did before. We don't have a greater willingness to swallow injustice than we did before. And if we keep pushing people and pushing people and pushing people, you cannot assume that they won't break. That's one of the reasons I wrote this book, says David French, and wrote the scenarios. I want people to have those scenarios in their mind as they're walking through politics. His idea being, if, if they pack the court, maybe that's pushing people too far to where they say, that's it, screw it. Mm. Obviously, all everything goes now. Uh, he, because he he's an anti-Trump guy, he thinks Trump doing this Supreme Court justice before the election is one of those pushing people too far to where they say, screw it, rules are out now. We're going to pack the court. And we just keep pushing people further and further down this road to where you just feel like, I'm not part of whatever you call the United States. Yeah. Could we get there? Sure we could get there. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Well, and his main point is, do we think there's something unique about our country that it couldn't fall apart or fail? That is just as he said, a historical. Right. That's denying human nature. Well, that's the point we've made many times. Just because something's existed for your entire lifetime doesn't mean that it has to or that it will in the future. A lot of those things that we all think are, well, have always been here, they've been here for like 40 years, 50, maybe 100. If you'd have told uh, 10-year-old me that someday uh, nobody will care who the heavyweight champion of the world is or about the Oscars. Yeah. I thought, what? Yeah. There's like two of the biggest things that go on. Hey, uh, play, Sean, play us clip number 38, would you? This is the great thinker that is Kamala Harris. Could soon be the president of the United States, you know, if bingo and bango happen. Uh, here she is talking about the court packing. Would you who shut is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Is that an idea that you're willing to think? No, that's mislabeled. No, that's, that's that right is the right that's one. Right. Would you, who is on, listen, who is on your list, Joe? Is that an idea that you're willing to think about? We are 35 days away from an election that is probably the most important election of our lifetime. Let's focus on what's happening right now. Deal with later, later. I will respectfully note that you also declined to answer that question. That Jake is, Tapper there, to his credit. That is amazing that I think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to get away with not answering that question. Positive. Sean, you have been rumored to be in favor of reinstituting slavery the day you are elected. Well, we're 35 days away from the election. Let's talk about what's happening right now. How morally and intellectually vacant is that answer? She she might as well have said, moo, moo, oink, oink, cluck, cluck. She said nothing. That's astounding to me. Something is historical, disruptive, and to my mind, this is my opinion now, outrageous and horrific is stacking the court. Everybody Yikes. hates whataboutism, you know, just flipping the sides for everything. But you going to tell me uh, the, the, the everything's reversed, Republicans were hinting at packing the court, and Donald Trump refuses to answer that question. Yeah. That wouldn't be a giant story. The media has no interest in this story, really. If, if Donald Trump wouldn't answer the question of whether or not he's going to pack the Supreme Court, oh, people would be going crazy over that. Yep. The, the, the modern politics has changed in a way like basketball, right? Like 15 years ago, nobody shot three-pointers. Now everybody shoots nothing but three-pointers. Yep. Everybody in politics now is running the... Trump not releasing his taxes, McConnell not doing the confirmation thing. They are running on what I can get away with. Uh, and, and and if it's truly uh, reprehensive, then the voters won't vote me in, and it's a self-correcting problem. But it has led to this kind of playbook that I'm seeing run on every side now that is so different from how things used to be. Oh, yeah, clearly. Yep.
Well, our our culture has changed in a lot of ways. If I'm advising Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, I don't answer that question either. Right. I think the times you can you can pull it off now. It's amazing to me that you can pull it off. It's horrific. It's horrific. Yeah, but you can pull it off now. Well, how about that? Text line four one five two nine five. Me, I'm going to be a. Uh, I'm sorry, you can finish the text line, sir. Four one five two nine five KFTC. Me, I'm looking forward to becoming a loyal citizen of Square Statonia. As soon as the Midwest to like the 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 all to the Sierra Nevada, as soon as we break away, I'm willing to even run for office. The trees. Do you need a postmaster general? The lakes. Everything's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Wearing a gun on my hip. And all the borders are nice and straight. None of this exactly. squiggles. These eastern squiggles. <laughs> for the productive segment, wasn't yes. it? That's right, the first presidential debate was held last night in Cleveland, Ohio. Although it wasn't really a debate, it certainly wasn't presidential, and it wasn't held so much as it happened to us. I guess the only accurate part of that sentence was Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> That's some good writing there. That, that is good. I saw a clip of Jimmy Fallon, I guess it was last night. I thought he was Trevor Noah at first. He's incredibly tan. Spending a lot of time uh, with the kids in the backyard, maybe, which would be nice. He is a family man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. His kids were an early feature of yeah. uh, when he was broadcasting oh, from home. Oh, of course. That's yeah. right. Cute little youngsters. Um, every Thursday we hit you with this. U.S. Wall Street Journal tries to come up with a positive spin. They're the financial newspaper, right? Uh, U.S. jobless came, claims hold steady for fifth straight week. There you go. holding steady. Everybody steady as she goes. That's like if I'm 300 pounds and my doctor's saying I got to lose weight or I'm going to die. Good news. Holding steady. Fifth straight week. Oh, Jim, I don't think you've understood me properly. Yeah, well, it's just another 800 and what, 60,000? Yeah, it's fine. Everybody's 837, fine. but it doesn't matter. It's, yeah, close enough. Yeah. Let's not split hairs here. Absolutely incredible. Sean, my sound sheet has disappeared. I don't know what's become of it, but... um. We we promised uh, the uh, well. You can find it yourself. The oh. the uh, oh yeah. Uh, if we have time for this, yeah, I think we do. The uh, the Comey montage. This is James Comey testifying before the Senate about the origin of the. Uh, I almost said Fast and Furious. The um, uh, Crossfire Hurricane. Well, Fast and Furious was the uh-huh. uh, the gun running investigation. Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. But it was also um, a Vin Diesel franchise. About not as far as I know. It was Tokyo Drifting. Uh, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Never heard of it. Live a quarter mile at a time. You take a little Japanese car, kind of an average car, but then you put a pipe on it and little tiny wheels. A big spoiler that's not really engineered to do anything. Doesn't really ring a bell. But at any rate, uh, Comey was uh, in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee being asked about the origins of the Crossfire Hurricane uh, operation, the faking up of a FISA letter, the relying on the intelligence from a known Russian agent, the 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 pile of dung that was the steel dossier, etc. And it's funny, a trend kind of emerged as to his answers. Did Mr. Page deny knowing people that you accuse him of having contact with? I don't remember. That's about all I recall. I don't remember. I don't remember learning anything additional about Steele's sources. Not that I recall, no. 
I don't remember Bruce Orr okay. ever giving okay. me. You're, I don't recall that. So do you recall? I do not. Do you recall? I do not. I don't remember any discussion. I don't remember using that word, but I don't remember using that word. I don't remember ever being informed. I don't recall being informed of that. Did you ask any questions or do any due diligence on this at all? I don't remember anything about the, the facts that have been revealed recently about the subsource. I don't remember the exact words, but something similar. You, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't ring bells with me. Okay. Well, that's a pretty stunning thing. It didn't ring a bell. Which I'm sure you remember. I don't remember the exact words. I don't remember the, whether I knew the Democratic Party. I, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I don't think I knew before. I remember reading the footnote. I don't know whether I asked. I don't know what that refers to. As I said earlier, that does not ring any bells with me when I read that. I don't remember it. I don't, uh, I don't remember receiving anything that's described in that letter. Yeah. Well, any good attorney will tell you if the government asks you something uh, and the answer would tend to incriminate you, say you don't remember. Yeah, because nobody can prove you can remember. Right, exactly. If you say, no, I wasn't in that meeting, and somebody comes up with proof that you were, you're screwed. If you say, I don't really remember that meeting. I don't remember being in it. So Trump's spokeswoman... Uh, that cute blonde girl, uh, Kaylee McEnany, talking about white supremacy and Trump's answer from the night and some stuff out that's from the DHS I want to talk about uh, open-mindedly and fairly and uh, without right. prejudice. I'll find my fairness hat. Uh, you got to be, be around here somewhere. You can be unfair if you want. I plan to be fair. But oh, okay. Whatever. Great. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. As we just saw recently, there was a Trump supporter who was killed by a 100% Antifa man. That is how he described himself. And again, no reporting here, but I guess I did the job of the media by getting this information myself. Uh, This man, who was 100% Antifa, this man, in fact, had been arrested before at 2 a.m. on July 5th in a public protest carrying an illegal weapon. He resisted arrest. Uh, He was taken to jail where he was merely given a citation, put back on the streets. And the very next month, this 100% Antifa man was lying in wait before he killed an innocent Trump supporter. Ideas do not target police officers. Ideas do not burn down buildings. Ideas do not kill innocent Americans. Organizations do. And Democrats should condemn the shameful group in the same manner President Trump continues to condemn white supremacy. He's not condemning white supremacy. So that then, then she walks out of the room. That's I can't say her name. What's her name? Kaylee McEnany. See if it was because to, of your hatred of Irish people. It needs to be spelled in a more normal way. Oh, more K-A- belligerence. K a y l e e. I can pronounce Kaylee. Yes, and then McEnany. McEnany. Um. So I'm going to try to have a open minded discussion about this without any of the usual retreating into uh, camps. Information silos, feeling you're being attacked or attacking others, whatever. I am confused by this white supremacy thing. Because regularly I'm told by the government under uh, uh, Barack Obama and under Donald Trump, the Department of Homeland Security with their latest white supremacists are the greatest terrorist threat on their list. FBI said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you have to be careful how you characterize it, but that's close enough. I don't understand... Just anecdotally, and you know, anecdotal evidence is really not worth anything. 
but it just in my own life, just observing the news the way I observe it, watching the uh, street protests and stuff get smashed and people walking down the streets, forcing people to kneel at restaurants mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff, right. all those videos, that's all left-wing stuff. Um, and And also, I am white and lean right and hang around people like-minded politics for the most part, and I never run into it. Right. I mean, I just I don't have any experience of ever running into anybody like that. So I don't. It, it's confusing to me. I'm looking up at Good Morning America. Far right fears concern. Uh, concern about groups mobilizing as the election approaches. Good Morning America's biggest fear is right wing groups getting violent if the election doesn't go their way. There are already left wing groups that are violent on the streets. That's going to be happening in Portland tonight. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So th- I'm just confused by it. Yeah, part Where, of it. How underground are these groups that I never ever hear from them or see them? Or uh, well, I, here's I, the deal. I have also one more theory, and yes. then I'll shut up. Oh, for your explanation. No, please finish the show. Let's work for me. I wonder. I've often wondered how much of the FBI, the government's, um, uh, zeroing in on white supremacists or right wingers is because of the federal building in Oklahoma City getting blown up when they actually lost personal friends. And there's enough, you know, people that are older in the FBI and in government. They're still there, and they had personal friends die at the hands of a right-winger. So that's just, you know, so top-of-mind, you know, reality for them. Right, right. And it might not even be that direct, but I think the difference is because I've, you know, I, I know a fair amount about this from various people and things i think it's the difference and this is one of the few things i remember from my fifth grade science class my teacher was terrible he was an idiot where's uh, gladys there i was in fifth grade not a whisker on my chin you know what's the deal is we furloughed gladys and she's getting the government money yes for being unemployed and mm-hmm. it's actually more than we pay her right and so now she doesn't give a crap about playing the harp. she comes in once a week and just sits there did she just give me the finger We'll speak after the show, Gladys. Guess the arthritis is feeling better, huh? Anyway, <laughs> at least in that middle finger of yours looks good to me. <laughs> so there I was in fifth grade science class, and they were trying to teach us the, the various uh, the fifth grade level physics and the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy. And a, a gallon of gasoline, for instance, is just a pool of liquid that if you... Ignite it has enormous amounts of energy in it. In a gas can, it's been sitting there in my garage for months doing nothing. Right-wing groups, your militia groups, your white supremacist groups, etc., um, and there there are you know quite a number of them. They have enormous potential energy in that they're fairly well organized and often quite well armed. They almost never do anything at all. They'll have their rallies, they'll have their little exercises in the woods, they'll trade their ideas online, the rest of it. But they almost never do anything. And I would point out, by the way, Timothy McVeigh... So they McVay, just have way more potential than the angry college social majors? Well, yeah, we've we've actually mocked the Antifa, Antifa types who, who try to act like they're brave revolutionaries, like they're chafe freaking Guevara, when they're a bunch of trust fund brats wearing masks, even though they, they face practically no risk. They're pathetic. And they are pathetic. There are a hell of a lot of them, and I am very concerned that the ideology is spreading, and their poisonous, racist ideology is being taught to little kids, and their potential energy is growing by the day. Um, but in terms of 
people actually, you know, taken out a building or whatever, the judgment of the federal authorities is that there's a greater potential threat on the right. Part of it also is that so, the okay. federal bureaucracy okay. tends to lean pretty far left. They're government employees. Often they're unionized. They got the big pensions. They're comfortable. The rest of it. Okay. Well, that kind of makes sense on why I would see so much of the left-wing stuff. But the right-wing stuff is, you know, angry white guy, uh, house full of guns, willing to do anything, but, uh, you know, hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. So. Completely different in like 1971 when the left was perpetrating bombing after bombing, cop killing after cop killing, uh, robberies, uh, bank robberies, armored car robberies where people ended up dead. Bill Ayers and his crew um, up to their next in it. Chesa Bodin, the, uh, the, uh, the the district attorney of San Francisco, his parents were domestic terrorists. They're all lefties. Um, but. So I think that's the answer to the question. How come I haven't run into more of these people, though? Or or is it like, um, are they just so good at like feeling out if I'm fertile territory in, in ways that I didn't even notice? Well, I could tell you. questions, or they got a badge on their jacket that I don't recognize, and if I was the right person, I would, or I don't could know. Could be. Uh, there are four or five places around the country you could go. I don't live in the right town to run into those people for uh, one No. <laughs> You live in a town where they call Democrats conservatives. Um, no, there there are a handful of places around America that if you went to them and you hung out in bars or whatever, you'd absolutely meet some. I have one time, Sean, I should tell this story because I know this happened before you joined the show, and it's kind of interesting. Gladys, twice in one day. There, go to hell. Because I mentioned, I, you know, you'd think as a white guy who, who leans right, I would run into this now and then. I've only run into it once, and it was kind of by accident. Also, with your hair situation, you're kind of rocking the starter kit. That plays that plays a role in this story. Okay. It does indeed. You're, you're getting ahead, Sean. So I'm at the public library, downtown Sacramento, California. Um, Back in the day when you could use a public library, or it was would. just a little bummy. Could or would. I don't need right. to anymore, because every book in the world is available to be in my fingertips. Right. And uh, and and bums hadn't taken over. Right. Yeah. Back then, I used to go to the library weekly. I was regularly at the library, constantly checking out books, taking them back, videos, but never anymore. Anyway, um, so I'm at the library, Sean, and I'm looking at a book on Hitler in the history section. And uh, I'm perusing these books. And uh, Michael, again, the Hitler ding is for gratuitous mentions of Hitler, not specific citations of history nor personal experiences. I'll thank you to restrain yourself. Why am I in that section? Because I've read like 70 books on World War II and Hitler or whatever, because as Cause the trivia contest that, yeah, yeah, every dad name? in America is studying for some future World War II trivia contest. So I'm looking at another Hitler book to read for some reason. And I'm looking at this book, and somebody goes by me, you know, kind of, excuse me, and i got to move out of the way. It happens all the time. You're in the little narrow thing in the library. Some go, sure. guy goes by me. And um, I do notice he's got the same shoes on as me, because I'm into shoes. What shoes are those, Jack? I'm gay like that. I'm into shoes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I happen to be wearing Doc Martens, black Doc Martens, and this guy was wearing black Doc Martens. I thought, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think anything of it. I mean, didn't register. It was like a millisecond of flash into my mind. Anything uh-huh. like it. Look. I walk out of the library. Fifteen minutes later, and bald-headed dude in a tight black T-shirt is sitting on the steps there, smoking a cigarette. And he was the guy that walked by me in the library when I'm yeah. looking at the Hitler books. Yeah. And I and I walk and he said, "Hey, you like uh, you like uh, Hitler books?" 
I thought this is kind of weird. Um, like uh, movies about gladiators? <laughs> I, I said, <laughs> yeah, I'm into World War II. He said, yeah, you like Hitler stuff and uh, Nazi stuff and everything like that? Nazi Germany. I said, yeah, I'm kind of into World War II. You know, this is, this is weird. Yeah. Um, and he Although said, kind of innocent at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, just, yeah. Just, you know, yeah. I actually, my, my first thought, only thought at that point, I remember, was thinking, because this had happened to me once before, a guy trying to pick me up at a library. Yeah. I thought he was hitting on me. Right. I just thought that's what it was. This is, this is a gay guy who thought, you know, common interest. We're both bald men. Uh, Why not? Beautiful afternoon. Uh, You're not going to catch a fish unless you cast a line. <laughs> anyway, he says, hey, we're having a meeting uh, this Thursday night if you'd like to go and hands me a little pamphlet. That or like a piece of paper, really, uh, just folded in half, and all it had was a, a location and a time. It didn't say the name of anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought, okay, you're like a Nazi, neo-Nazi Hitler youth dude, right? And you're trying, you and you think I might be into it because I'm, I've got a shaved head, I'm wearing Doc Martens, and looking at Hitler books from right. the library. <laughs> yeah, well, other than that, <laughs> he has no basis for making that assumption. I have a shaved head because right. I'm balding. I'm wearing Doc Martens because they're popular shoe wear of the time. And and you had a sore elbow, so you kept going like this. <laughs> you know, wow, it still hurts. I yeah. walk this way because my knees are stiff. <laughs> Is that like his regular shift, though? His job is just to work the public library, see who picks up a Hitler book, and test the waters? I, I wonder. When, I remember when I told this story the first time on the air 20 years ago that I thought, yeah, is that your best recruiting method is sitting around the library hoping a bald guy in Doc Martens peruses the Nazi books? No, I think it's probably more just happenstance. It's like, uh, you know, uh, great baseball scouts will stop by a high school game now and again. He was in the library. And I got to admit, I was. This is long pre nine eleven. He was. He was actually in the gardening section when you walked by, and he thought, "Well, that looks like a hot prospect." It was pre nine eleven where you didn't have to be as paranoid about the government uh, spying on you all the time. But it was post Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I remember thinking at the time, I should I go to this meeting because I'd be kind of interested. I'd love to go to a meeting like that if I could not be somehow. Um, be a fly on the wall. Yeah, if I could be a fly on the wall, oh, I'd love to to be one of at one of those meetings. But I don't want to get on any list if the FBI is keeping an eye on it or 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 these people get to know me too well and, I, and then they're constantly badgering me just so I never did. Yeah. But I, I thought that was interesting. Sure. But that's the only time I've ever run into that sort of thing in my life. So when I hear it's regularly the number one threat in America, I think, how am, how am I never running into this? Did he have white laces in his docks? I don't remember. Oh, okay. I don't remember. Just curious. Well. Everybody needs to get together. Everybody needs to pull together and love this country, no matter what brand of whatever you are. Well, right, golly. I'll, I'll, hey, do you want me to denounce hate groups? I'll denounce them right now. Stand back and stand by. What? Pardon? Hmm? That's your denouncing? Uh. Stand back and stand by. <laughs> no, I know what he was saying. Yeah, he was yeah. saying stay out of the way of law enforcement. Yeah, he was just yeah. a, typically Trump, utterly incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do him any favors. Can be problematic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Didn't do him any favors. I think they'll probably clear that up next debate, right? Hopefully between both of them, the Antifa thing and the right wing. I would hope so, yeah. yeah. Or just left-wing groups in general or Marxist groups in general. Yeah, make Joe Biden disavow them. Be a whole lot of disavowing. Then we can move on. What if I were gay and was into him and thought he was inviting me to some sort of gay orgy and I show up at a Nazi rally? Right. I'd have really been disappointed. I was going to have sex. I'm going to learn about the Third Reich. You show up in your sequined shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all bathed and smelling nice and ready to go. What? <laughs> the it's a Fourth Nazi Reich. rally. The Fourth Reich. What? <laughs> what a disappointment. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. You learn so many things at libraries, is my point. <laughs> was that your point? That was my point. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to use, uh, come up with a direct quote. It was, uh, speaking of Nazis, I think it was Goebbels who talked about the big lie and how if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth and, and such. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, the uh, insufferable governor of New York, not to be confused with Bill de Blasio, the insufferable mayor of New York City, who just received a unanimous no-confidence vote from all of the police captains on the NYPD or something like that. Um, anyway, Cuomo, who in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic ordered nursing homes to take patients regardless of whether they were COVID-19 positive or not, which resulted in the deaths of many, many oldsters, thousands of oldsters, he has now decided it is time to transition into the big lie. Clip 37. And we never needed nursing home beds because we always had hospital beds. So it just never happened in New York where we needed to say to a nursing home, we need you to take this person even though they're COVID positive. It never happened. We had extra beds. We had extra beds at Javits. We had extra beds at uh, emergency hospitals that we put up all across the state. So it just never happened that we needed a nursing home to take a COVID-positive person. It never happened. The New York State Department of Health issued a, a legally enforceable directive. No resident shall be denied readmission or admission to the nursing home solely based on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. Nursing homes are prohibited from requiring a hospitalized resident who is determined medically stable to be tested for COVID-19 prior to admission or readmission. He is attempting now to not only spin truth and history, but state 180 degrees of the opposite. Well, that's astounding. He's gotten hit pretty hard over that, and it should be. Well, and at some point... A lot of people died. 5 to 50% of New York voters will walk around repeating that. He never issued that. That's not true. So they'll believe what they want to believe. You know you want a happy ending. I'm Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Final And here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Oh, thank you so much. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. He pressed the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo. Michael, final thought. Yeah, Jack, your library story reminds me of my story. I once had a beautiful woman back in college at my place thinking I was going to have a great dinner. Oh, that's right. And she was there to sell me Amway. That's right. She, oh. You found out later in the evening she was there to sell you Amway. Yep. I'd rather be accosted by a Nazi. Oh, I love that story. Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought for us. Yes, from the Tweeter Machine celebrating this day turning into the month of October. Very troubling that the song Monster Mash isn't the Monster Mash. It's a song about the Monster Mash, Monster Mash, which is not heard itself on the track and is fundamentally unknowable to us. That's a good point. Wow. There's a Wilco song about a song that I don't think exists. Tenacious D sure. has a similar thing, too. Really? The tribute, yeah, it's about yeah. the greatest song that they ever wrote, but they, they don't mm. remember it. Oh. <laughs> Jack, a final thought for us? Also from the Twitter machine, Nick tweeted, I'm only half listening to the show while working. What I took away from the segment was Jack is a gay Nazi? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. 
My final thought is I have discovered, and I never anticipated this, I have a great love of, of gardening. Oh, really? Of tending plants. Good for you. That seems like a good thing. I've never found any enjoyment out of it, but I know it means a lot to a lot of people. I've pretty much run out of plants to trim. I want to trim more. Make that your thing. That Does a, anybody have trimmable plants? What a great thing to be your hobby. A big garden and landscaping and whatever. Yeah, I don't. I haven't gardened yet, per se, but yeah, just in general landscape. Grow some radishes, man. Oh, some fresh <laughs> Dream come true, huh? <laughs> See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? He's just, he's oh, racist. You, you, well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Will you Who shut up, your, man? Listen. Armstrong and Getty.